Hello, everyone. Hello. How are you? I always want to say, how are you? You can't respond. Well, you can. If you tweet at us. If you tweeted at us. Right now. No one does. No. So right now, I want you to stop. Pause. No, actually, don't pause this episode. Leave it on the background. Yes. Go to Twitter. Tweet at Up at Night Cast how you're feeling right now. Yeah. If you don't get at least one message, I will implode. And no one wants that. But I will say, we have gained a couple followers, because if I remember correctly from the last season, if we make it to 100 followers on on the Twitter... I'll get a lip tattoo. Grayson will get a lip tattoo of of the Twitter handle, or at least up at night. Yeah. And I can't wait. Yeah, that's If there's room, I want it to be like up at night cast like a little moon or some shit. Oh, that'd be rad. Like like the sea and cast. Oh, the sea and cast being a moon! (gasps) You should design it for me. Oh. <laughs> I will. Actually, Thank you. I will. Thank you. Um, today's story is brought to you by my father. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good old Lee. I don't know if uh, anyone knows this, but I typically run the Twitter, and one time uh, Mr. Lee Porter replied to one of my tweets on, on, on the on that Twitter and, and he was he like asked a question. I was like, Grayson, I don't know how to answer. Like I don't <laughs> he thinks that, that I'm you and like I don't I don't know. I was so like scared to, to reply. Cause it's like what if I don't sound like his daughter? What if I give the wrong answer? Yeah. And then right when I at the very beginning when I when I first uh did like one of my first tweets, I said something about how like I don't want to study, I just wanna like talk about crime or something like that. And he was like, why don't you want to study? And I was like, ah. He's <laughs> like, ah, oh, Lee. I don't, I don't know how to reply. I was so scared. It's like, and a part of me could just text him and tell him. I just never do. Well, the funny thing is, he's never going to find out because he's not going to listen to this episode. No, not at all. Not even a little bit. Dad, if you're listening to this right now, I want you to text me. <laughs> I just, I really want communication today, apparently. Yes. Yeah, I just want people to talk to us. Yeah. Um. But yeah, this is a story by him. He texted me. Apparently, he was cleaning out his old newspapers. Because oh. he is, you know. He keeps, news- he keeps, newspapers. <laughs> he keeps newspapers. And he found one that mentioned this case. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and he was like, just some fodder for your story, for your podcast. And I was like, aw. So, Cute. I decided to do it. My parents still don't know that I do a podcast. Yeah. Will they ever know? Maybe. Like yeah. 10, 20 years. See, I think it's funny that I told my parents, the content I put on my podcast, I really don't want them to know. True, yeah. Yeah, it's like, they don't need to see this side of me. I, one episode, I'll try, like, not cussing or talking about a personal experience that's embarrassing to tell my parents. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, listen to this episode. This is the first episode that I'm in. Yeah. And, yeah. And then they'll listen to another one because they're like, oh, what else is this show like? Mm-hmm. And then they'll hear you and they'll be like, ah! Well, it's funny because my mom sometimes does listen to true crime podcasts. Sometimes. What if she just accidentally found this podcast? That would be beautiful. Oh, my God, no. She doesn't use Spotify. She, I think she probably uses Apple Podcasts. I know we're on it, we're but on it. Uh, I showed her uh, Small Town Murder. Yeah. Which is very, it's more for guys a little bit, like the humor. I love the humor, but it's very crude yeah. sometimes. And then I showed her, I think I showed her Wine and Crime. I don't remember if she liked it or not. But I, they eventually get a little more outspoken about their politics. And my mom probably just, my mom just doesn't want to hear about politics. I get that. A you lot. Know, keep so. politics out of my crime. 
<laughs> next week's episode is about politics, crimes, and politics. Yes, of it's course. not. It's I haven't not. chosen my case for next week. I get that. Typically, I don't until like I didn't even look at. I didn't even start researching this case until yesterday. Oh, me. Yeah. Because I procrastinate everything. I only did my case early because I was excited about it. I had nothing else to do. So I was like, <gasps> I was like I, when I was playing Rocket League, I was like, oh, hell yeah. I've been so busy with the schoolwork because I forgot I had two classes. This entire classes. <laughs> like, a, like, like full classes. Like since you started? Yeah. Grayson. Yeah, I just forgot I had them. Because they're all online. So it's like go at your own pace. I just haven't been doing any of them. Yeah, so I've been playing catch-up. How much did you miss? Oh, like three weeks. Yep. Is that why you dyed your hair? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was, <laughs> actually. I currently am now sitting here with blue hair and green bangs, just to keep you updated on my constantly changing look. I have, uh, I still have red-ish hair, um, there's a top portion that's way darker, not way darker, but darker than the lighter portion on the bottom. And like, it wouldn't look bad except for the dark portion doesn't match my roots because the dark portion mm -hmm. still has a red tint and my roots are going to be a, like a lighter, they're still like a dark brown, but they're going to be lighter than the dark portion. Yeah. So I can't wait and like for another like a three months to pass and then me go to a salon and be like, look, I have like five different parts of my hair because the dark portion I don't even know how to explain this well because I need to practice to tell my hairstylist yeah has a part that's like I don't even know I actually I think it all looks the same but there was there half of it is supposed to be like my roots and the other half is supposed to be like a dark dye that like didn't really take well yeah or didn't look good so so we stripped the ends and then dyed it a lighter one so, I don't know. I'm going to tell this guy, like, look, I just want it to be, like, one color. Because even if my roots grow out, it's not going to look like, I mean, I don't, I don't care if it's two different colors, but, like, I don't want it to be five different colors. Yeah. So, we'll find out. If you have trouble with uh, hair coloring in the past, let, let's, let, let's know. We want to know your stories. Yeah, because we both have had color experience, hair co like, coloring our hair. I'm actually thinking, and don't give me a look, I'm thinking about making my hair black. If you go black, there's no going back. Nope. It will be it. Once my once my hair is black, that is it for me. You know, you said the same thing about blue. I did say the same thing about blue. And then I bleached it and I dyed my bangs. I told Grayson that I would get her, I would literally get her chips if she went 30 days without coloring her hair and then she dyed it 3 days later. Yeah, cuz I am impulsive, dramatic, and I love Halloween. <laughs> That's not a reason. It is a reason, though, because they're green. Why is green? Green is never a color of Halloween. Green is always a color of Halloween. No, it's orange. No, it's orange, green, red, and black. Green is not a Halloween color. Green is a Halloween color. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. I'm Googling this because I promise you it's Halloween color. Halloween color. I'm not on the Wi-Fi. Why did I think that would work? <laughs> Do you want the Wi-Fi password? Oh, Laura's not good at this bag. Oh, also I just didn't respond to you. I'm good. <laughs> I'll get it eventually. Boom. Orange and black. 
purple, green, and white. Boom. I guess, I, yeah, if it's green and purple. Yeah. So I'm going to dye the rest of my hair purple. No. 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 <laughs> you're actually wearing purple. I am wearing purple. Cause and I, you're a white person. So, <laughs> so I am Halloween. No, we're all together. I just need to dye the rest of my hair black. I was thinking about doing it myself, and then I realized it would be a stupid idea. I cannot wait for you to go to your hairstylist and be like, look. <laughs> You're going to hate me. I'll record it for you. Because it's, it's going to be a funny response. Mitchell's hilarious. I can't believe he hasn't denied you yet. I'm surprised, too. I think it's just because I give him money. So he's just like, ah, fuck Parents it. money. Yeah, my parents' money. I give him my parents' money. I... Yeah. yeah. My response is okay. It's just okay. Um, so, want to jump into the story? Yes. This is a story of the Fort Worth Missing Trio. Missing Trio? Yes. Um, this is a missing persons case story, and those are kind of hard to report on. I'm just going to go into who the girls are, uh, their disappearance, and kind of what's been happening since their disappearance. Okay. Um, of course, there is no real conclusion to the story, so we're just going to end it with the most recent article that I found about the story. Um, and I got most of this information from Wikipedia and Star-Telegram, which is the Fort Worth newspaper. Oh. Yeah, that my dad subscribed to, which is why he got the newspaper clippings. It's going to end like most Law & Order episodes where it's like, I guess it ends. <laughs> yeah, literally. I showed Matt one episode and it ended. He goes, that's the ending? And I was, I was like, well, yeah, like they did this. And he was like, what? <laughs> like, that's not how stories end. I was like, okay, I'm sorry, we can't all be NCIS, where it's the same episode every time. Yeah, sometimes things are different. Shots fired. <laughs> um, so, just jumping right into it, I'm going to go into who the girls were. Um, the oldest of the girls is named Mary Rachel Trilly- Trilka. Okay. Yes. Mary Rachel. Or yes. Rachel... Mary Rachel? Well, she went by her real name, Rachel, mostly. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, but um, her... It's, so, like, you know how whenever you get married to someone, it's, like... Your last name becomes your middle name? Kind of. And it's, like, your middle name, knee, last name, new last name. So, it's uh, Trilka Knee Arnold. Okay. She was 17 years old um, uh, at the time of her disappearance. She was known to go by her middle name, Rachel. Uh, she has long brown hair, green eyes, just really pretty. She did have a chipped front tooth and a small scar on her chin. Just Ooh. fun facts. Um, she was married to a fellow Southwest High School senior. So, Oh, high school marriages. Oh, I love to see yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, love to see it. Um, she'd been married to her husband, Tommy Trickla, for about six months, and she wore a wedding oh. ring. Yeah, just six months. Being married for six months at 17? Was she married at 16? Yeah. <gasps> no! Yeah, she's married at 16. Fun fact, she, no one's ever, no one from my high school is ever going to listen to this so I can tell the story. There was this girl at my high school who got pregnant at, she might have been 17, it was like yeah. 16 or 17, and then they got married, like, she was like seven, eight months pregnant when they got married, and uh, she, everyone thought that she was like trying to trap him, because apparently everyone knew that he was going to break up with her, Ooh. and then she got pregnant. And then they and then they could stay together. They got married, and now they're on their third kid. Oof. And I I physically can't imagine it. I can't imagine getting pregnant. That's like a nightmare. 
That's that's a legitimate nightmare. I like to think that it's like I'll I'll like the first one. I like the first time at the beginning because it's all like it's, it's a rush of emotions and you're like so happy that you like you yeah. got well when you're planning on it you're happy that you got pregnant. Yeah. And then um, and then when you get to the second kid you're just like I I can't do that I don't want to do this. That's too much. I don't want to do this. I also should have prefaced this is in the seventies. Okay. Yeah. So that's why the ages are kind of. A little bit. That's why it's kind of young. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, though. My mom my mom got married at, like, 21. Yeah. I think. So, and then she had her first kid by 25. I told Matt that. And his his parents, um, they started life a little later because his dad was in uh, middle school. Medical school. So, middle school. <laughs> he, was in, he was in middle school. <laughs> he was in know. middle school. <laughs> uh, he was in medical school, so it kind of, like, delayed a lot, which makes complete sense. Yeah, same for my parents. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, actually. No, my mom found out she was pregnant with me whenever she got accepted into dental school. Yes. Yeah. I, I think of that constantly because apparently they went to, like, their favorite um, Chinese place to, like, celebrate, and she threw it up. And she that was whenever she was like, something's wrong. <laughs> was I planned? No. Is it okay? Yes. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this is happening in 1974. Yeah, we got Rachel. Yeah, Rachel. And then Lisa Renee Wilson was 14 years old at the time of her disappearance. She was known to go by her middle name, Renee. That was just a common thing back then. Um, Rachel and Renee. Yeah, she was also just like, just a regular white girl, light wavy brown hair, brown eyes, scar on the inside of one of her thighs. I'm using using random describers just in case. It's probably not possible anyone's going to hear this and be like, oh. I know them. I know someone that kind of looks like that. But I'm still just being hopeful. Um, yeah, so she also had a promise ring from her new boyfriend. Oh. Yeah, with a clear, with a single clear stone that she actually got the morning that she disappeared. Damn. Yeah, which is heartbreaking. I can't imagine the boyfriend being pissed. Like, damn, she fucking lost it already. <laughs> she fucking lost it already. Yeah, fucking shit. Um, so the youngest of the girls, which is kind of, I read her name, like, her age, and I was kind of like, ah, odd pairing, but, like, I guess, like, in the 70s, like, it made more sense for people of all ages to hang out. Yeah. I think that they were family friends. Um, her name was Julie Ann Mosley, and she was nine years old. Oh. Yeah, um. So, Rachel, Renee, and Julie. Yes. Okay. Rachel, Renee, Julie. Um, she just went by Julie. Uh, she had a small scar under her left eye and a scar in the middle of her forehead and a scar in the back of her calf. She was a rough and tumble kind of girl. Um, so on the morning of December 23rd, 1974, a little before noon, Rachel, Rachel and Renee and, um, Julie set up to go Christmas shopping. Julie asked to tag along last minute because she didn't want to spend the day alone. Aww. Yeah, which is really sad. Um, the older girls told her that she needed to get permission to go, of course, and so she ran inside and called her mom, uh, Renee. Mosley, which is a very interesting name. Rayne? Rayne. R-A-Y-A-N-N-E. Rayne. Interesting. Yeah. I'm yawning. I'm sorry. So, actually, so originally her mom said no, but then apparently she was whining so much that she finally let her daughter go. Me. Yeah. Um, I remember, okay, the, I told Matt this like a week ago. I haven't thought about this moment since it happened. I was like... Probably like eight or nine, or probably a little than that, probably like 10 or 11 yeah. at least. Um, we were at the outlet mall and we went to some store that had webkins. Love webkins. Uh, yeah, I hit the mic. I don't know. Did you hear that? Yeah. Oh. Thank you. Uh, and there was like a $30 webkins. It was like a deer. It was so cute and I wanted it so bad. And my mom said no. 
So every store that we went to after that, anytime she would look at anything that had a price tag above $30, I was like, oh, $30, like it's too expensive. Yo. Like, yikes. And it got to the point that even my sister was like, dude, just like calm down. Like it's just a stuffed animal. And I was, I was like, I was like, no, it's the principal. It's the principal. But, and then my mom broke down and she finally got it for me. I love that for you. I'm very proud of you for that. Um, so her mom later said, um, I was working with an electricianal, electrical contractor and my husband and I were separated. It was a bitter, bitter time. I remember that Julie called and wanted to go to Seminary South. I said no because you didn't have any money. You just need to stay home, which I totally get that. Uh, I knew Renee and her mother, but I didn't really know Rachel. So she didn't feel comfortable with letting her daughter, yeah. her nine-year-old daughter go with the, like someone she didn't know. But Julie kept whining about how she didn't have anybody to play with. I finally gave in, but I told her to be home by six. And the older girls, specifically Renee, who just got a new promise ring, uh, wanted to be home by four anyways because she had a Christmas party to attend to with her new boyfriend, who, you know, gave her a promise ring that morning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she wanted plenty of time to be ready. So the girls first headed to the Army-Navy store in Fort Worth to pick up some layaway items that Renee had been wanting. Um, from there, they headed to the Seminary South Shopping Center at, you know, the South Freeway in South Fort Worth. Several witnesses have reported seeing the girls in the mall that day. Uh, when the girls did not return home, however, the families became concerned and traveled to the shopping center to search for them. They arrived around 6 p.m. that evening to find the car was parked in the Sears Upper Lever parking lot. Parking lot? Parking lot. Parking lot. It appeared the girls had made it back to the car that afternoon because the gifts they had purchased were found in the car. Um, the family stayed at the mall all night waiting for the girls to return. So they bought stuff, but they never left. No, they brought stuff, brought it back to the car, and then that was it. Okay. And then it disappeared. Uh, but the girls didn't return, the Fort Worth Police Department was called, and the case was quickly handed over to the Youth Division of the Missing Persons Bureau. The girls were presumed to be runaways with, by the police, which I think is kind of dismissive to immediately assume that the girls who had no reason to run away would just up and run away. Why would they buy gifts and then run away? Why would someone who's married and someone who just got a promise ring and a child run away? Yeah. Like, they had no reason. Um, as if to prove this, uh, the girls were presumed runaways, and as if to prove the point, the next day, Tommy Trickla, Rachel's husband, received a letter in their ma- um, mailbox what? at their home. <gasps> yeah. Uh, it said, I know I'm going to catch it, but we had to get away. We're going to Houston. See you in about a week. The car's in the Sears upper lot. Love, Rachel. So that was a letter that she got, that he got in the mailbox. What, would be- what did the beginning say? It said, I know I'm going to catch it, but we had to get away. Going to catch it. I think that meant kind of just like catch like an argument or like catch like a, a lecture or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so strangely, the letter was written in ink, but the addressed envelope was written in pencil, which doesn't sound weird, but it's kind of weird. Yeah, no, it's weird. And the letter was written on a sheet of paper that was wider than the envelope, and it was addressed to Thomas A. Trickla instead of the less formal Tommy, as Rachel called him. So Rachel was written in the upper left-hand corner of the envelope, and it appeared to be initially misspelled. Ooh. Yeah. There was apparently an I where her name was originally written in lowercase e. So it was misspelled. Um, but then it had been gone over again in the form to correct it to a proper L. The postmark also did not contain a city, only a blurred zip code that appeared to be 76083. However, the number three appears to either be backwards, as though maybe it was appealed by the hand-loaded stamp, or a partial eight. Okay. So, everything about this letter is fucking fishy. Yeah. Like, there's nothing about this letter that isn't normal. That would be smart, though, if someone's, like, 
faking a letter or whatever like they're asking you like okay so what's the guy a person's name like and you give them like a misspelled misspelled name or like an uncommon part of it yeah just so they know just so like the other person gets it and they're like oh wait this is she never calls me this sorry. yeah like something's up my middle name it doesn't have this in it like whatever yeah that'd be smart um so despite receiving the letter the families did not believe it was written by rachel duh nor that the girls had run away uh renee Ray, renee Julianne's mother stated, I know my daughter and I know these other girls and they are not runaways. Which is weird because earlier she did say she didn't know one of the girls, but you know. Uh, Judy Wilson, Renee's mother, is noted to have said, I could have not told you that night that they didn't run away. Renee wanted to go to that party and no nine-year-old is going to run off two days before Christmas. Everyone knows that. Yeah. Frances Langston, Rachel's mother, believed that the girls had been abducted, saying, a lot of people may think that they left with someone they knew, but I'll always think until the day I die that the girls were taken. I also need a burp, actually. Um, not willing to give in, the families continued their search by distributing handbills and missing person flyers throughout the state and contacting newspapers across the country. Country? Country. I can't, I can't speak. Is it county or country? It's country. Okay. Um, eventually, tips began to come forward and witnesses began to come forward as well. Yes. Um, in the early 1975, one young man claimed that an acquaintance of Rachel stepped forward and said that he saw them in the record department of the store inside the mall just before they disappeared. Apparently, he and Rachel saw each other and spoke briefly. The man claimed that another person appeared to be with the girls. During the same time, some women's clothing were found in the, Je- in the Justin, Texas area and were investigated, but it was determined that they did not belong to the girls. Was it a guy or a girl that was with them? A guy. Okay. Just a random dude. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the spring of 1975, the families were frustrated with the police investigation and decided to hire a private detective named John Swain. In August 1790... 17? Whoa. Yeah, we went back in time. Yeah. 1975, Swain discovered that a 28-year-old man was making a string of obscene photo phone calls in the area. This man had worked for a store in South Fort Worth where Rachel had applied for a job just before Christmas. It was discovered that he was using his position to obtain information from young women who had applied for the job at his store or who were listed as references. Six women who had applied for the store had been receiving obscene phone calls. So this guy's kind of sketch. Um, he also once lived in the neighborhood of Rachel's parents, but moved away shortly before she was married. Okay. In the end, nothing came up with suspect, but it was kind of just a weird dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, in April 1975... Swain went to Port Levitica with a hundred volunteers to search under bridges in the area after receiving a tip that the girls had been killed and taken there. However, no trace of the girls had been found. A year later, it was reported that three skeletons were found in the field outside of Alvord, Texas by an oil drilling crew. Uh, Mr. Swain had the, bro- had the bones checked against x-rays and dental records of the girls, but it determined that the bones belonged to teenage boys okay. between the ages of 15 to 17. Yeah, and two other females who were not identified to be the girls. So it was, it was like a lot of bones, but which is super sketchy. But yeah. that's like another thing. Yeah, <laughs> find some old bones. Just kind of gonna put this that away. Not, not what for. not what I'm looking for. So I don't care. Mm. Um, in March 1967, a psychic called one of the families because you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. You good? Sorry, I don't know why I'm yawning so much. It's it's eleven. I get it and told them that the girls could be found near an oil well. For some reason, the searchers focused on the small community of Rising Star outside of Abilene, but nothing was ever found. In 1979, John Swain died following a drug overdose. Damn. Yeah, his death was subsequently ruled to be a suicide, and upon his death, he ordered that all of his files of the case be destroyed. 
What? Yeah. Which, like, yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Why? No idea. Literally no idea. I don't like that. No, me neither. I don't like it at all. Why would you do that? That's because there's no other reports of him, like, being depressed or having any issues. Just okay. one of them destroyed. Um, in the spring of 1981, police investigators were called to a location of Brizona County after human remains had been found in the swampy areas. After a month of investigation, they discovered that the bones did not belong to the three girls. These are all just fun, like, little, like, here's updates on the case. Yeah. 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 So a lot of them aren't, like, actually happening. Yeah. But... In January 2001, the case was reopened and assigned to a homicide detective, John Boucher. He, re- he believes the girls left the mall with someone they trusted. He stated, we can say that they were at one point seen with one individual, but we believe that there were one other involved. Okay. So it's suspected that there's two people. Um, they're not sure if the other one's a male or female. But Over the years, searchers have continued to comb through Texas brush and have explored hundreds of back roads. These families have walked creek beds and country roads only to come up with nothing. Yeah, and there's no new, there have been no new developments in the case, um, besides, like, some other stuff I'm going to read, but, yeah. Um, store clerk came forward around the time of the girl's disappearance and said that a woman told her that she had seen the girls at the mall that day. The woman reported that since she saw three girls being forced into a yellow pickup truck near oh. Buddy's grocery store at the mall, the truck was discovered, described to have lights on top of it. The witness, however, could not be located by police and the story never verified. Damn. Yeah, so the only good lead that they got wasn't able to be verified because they yeah. couldn't find the person. Yeah. In 1981, years after the disappearance, a man said he had been in the parking lot that day and seen a man forcing the girls into a van. The man in the van told him it was a family dispute and to say nothing of it. Nothing of it. Say nothing of it. Nothing of it. Nothing In April 2001, Bill Hutchkins, a former police officer, uh, forward police officer, yeah, and security guard at the Seminary South Outlet said that he saw the three girls with a security guard on the night they disappeared. So, and here is the last kind of update of the story. Um, on the morning of July 17th, 2020, Arnold, who is um, uh, Renee's brother. The 15-year-old. The 15-year-old. The 14, 14-year-old. Yeah, the 14-year-old. Uh, I believe he's the last still alive member of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and two divers got on a boat and set out to find the car because, like, the car went missing. So there was one car, but then the other two cars, the other car that belonged to one of the other girls was missing. Okay. Yeah. I totally forgot to mention that part. Okay. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So Rachel's car was in the Sears parking lot. Yes. Renee's car was missing. Yes. Why did they take two cars? Probably just a meet there. Yeah. If she also had a party to go to later that night. She yeah. probably just wanted to get back home on time and, like, yeah. deal with that. Okay. Um, two di- it took them two hours to locate it with a sonar, and then they marked it the spot with a buoy. Uh, Wayne Spears, who was a police department officer, drove through the black water and, gro- and found around inside the car. Um, the metal was so fragile that he was able to rip the door off the hinges because it was yeah. there for so long. Um, they searched the car thoroughly but found nothing, and by 3 p.m. they were out of the lake. Um, it's very Can you pull it out? No, they didn't need to. Like it's it's hard to pull out a car. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Um, and Arnold said a very sad quote. He said, I'm not surprised, I'm used to being let down. Oh Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that he's given up. The team has already pinpointed several other local lakes to search for cars that could have related to the missing trio. Okay. 
And Drew, to hear more on that story, of course, go to Starkey Telegram, because they have, it says, huh. it, I copy and pasted that little quote, and it automatically included the, you know. Yeah. Being like, listen, read the Star Telegram because journalism is dying. Anyways, um, but yeah, that's the. So good you're going into it. Yeah, but that's it. Damn. Yeah, that's the ending of the Fort Worth missing trio. Oh, uh, so weird. I think that there's so many, so many possibilities. There's so many possibilities, and none of them were like confirmed. Yeah. Which is not good. Yeah. There's obviously foul play. Yeah. Some, some, they did not run away. Yeah, I don't think they, they ran away or did anything on their own. No. Like, whatever. Especially the nine-year-old. No, I think that, I think that there was foul play. I think they were forced into a car. I think it had to do with the guy who told the security guard to say nothing. Go back to that part. Wait, what happened? Okay, so, um... Um, in 1981, years after his appearance, a man said he had been in the parking lot that, that day and seen a man forcing a girl into a van. Yeah. The man in the van told him it was a family dispute and to stay out of it. Yeah. I think that's fishy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's fishy. So I definitely, do you think that there's more than one person or just, just the one person? I think it's more than one person because it's very hard to kidnap three people, even if they are the young girls. Yeah. And just be one man. Do you think it was like two men or like a man and a woman? I think two men. Yeah. Because I, or it could have been a man and a woman because like none of them would have had any reason to just blindly trust two men. Yeah. I also think that the, um, owner of the store that the that Rachel was trying to work at mm-hmm. that was making obscene phone calls to random girls in the area. That's also messed up. Yeah. I think that that's something that should have been investigated a little bit more. Oh, I don't even know where to like begin and like thinking about what, what could have happened. Yeah. It's so so they finished shopping at least a little bit. They might have like shopped a little bit, put away the gifts and then went back. Yeah. They didn't want to carry it. Which is very possible. Yeah, but they had to dump uh, Renee's car. Yeah. So... They could have taken Renee's car. Yeah, but they said they... they one said that they were in a truck and one said that they were put into a van. Yes. Well, that's why I think there's two people because I feel like it's, it's very hard for them to kidnap them, take them to a location, go back, steal her car... Because by the time they, by the time the parents came by around six, like they didn't find Ray's car. I'm guessing. No. So, I think there might have been two people, and one of them got the keys and took Ray's car to dump it. Yeah. But I don't know why they didn't take Rachel's car. Probably just they didn't have time. Yeah. Maybe they told them that they only took one car. That's possible. Yeah. I know that's what I would do. I'd lie. Oh, I would lie a thousand percent of the time. Yeah, just the entire time. Yeah. Because, you know, fuck whoever's trying to kidnap me. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the story of the Fort Missing Trio. I feel bad doing missing, missing person stories because, like, there's no real conclusion. But I yeah. just, I think they're really interesting at the same time. It's like, this isn't, like, a good term to use, but it's, like, fun. Yeah. It, it keeps you, like, engaged in the story. Yeah, because it's, like, is there any other, like, what could actually be happening? But yeah. that's all I got. Um, I'll probably do updates on it in the future if anything does come out of it. Yeah. Because... This story has piqued my interest, and I'll be well, following it. Since the last, like the last update is this year, so they're yeah. obviously still thinking about. It. I mean, you never really stop thinking about it, but. No. 
How old are they? They'd be like seven. They'd be. Yeah. Yeah? What's that noise? My fridge, maybe? Oh, okay. We're in we're in Amanda's place. We're yeah, we're in my place. If the audio isn't good or like whatever, we can we can always go back to Grayson's. We just wanted to try something new and see if it worked. But yeah, so I guess the only thing to say now is what's your good thing? Oh what is my good thing? Um I'm getting stuff done for school. Hell yeah, that's a good thing. Going to the library every Wednesday. I think I might go Sunday as well. I'll go with you just to get like a head start. Yeah. So, that's good. Yeah. Um, I think mine, my good thing, is I finally got my first paycheck from work. Hell yeah. Cause I worked. I think it was. My first paycheck should have been three hundred dollars, and yeah. I just didn't get it. Yeah. And then I finally got it like three days ago, and I was super pumped about it because I desperately needed it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's my good thing. I was really excited about that. That's so, good. yeah. But yeah, that's anything else you want to say? Uh, go check out the Twitter. Oh, yes. Plug Twitter. I didn't, I didn't, I literally didn't even write anything down at the very end. Yeah. Uh, up at night cast. Tell us what you think happens. Like, like, happen, DM us. Like, give us your theories because, like, there's so much of, like, that could have happened. Yeah. Um, so yeah, tell us your theories. Yeah, tell us what you think. But also, there's something that, uh, Grace and I forgot to talk about before. This is just an idea, I don't know if it's, like, solidified yet. Oh, yeah! About, um, so I was, uh, looking at some of the episodes and I realized that there was, there's a link on, like, the, the description of each episode to donate to the podcast. And I realized that we don't talk about that. And I was talking to Grayson about providing a little more, like, incentive, not incentive, but kind of like a, what's the word? Um, I think incentive's the right word. Yeah. Kind of like incentives to donate. Right now, you can only, you can donate a dollar, five dollars, or ten dollars. And we're thinking if you donate a dollar, it could be kind of like a Twitch where, um, when you first sign up, we, you know, give you recognition on the podcast, but then every month that you're, that you donate, we also say like, Hey, this, this person's been there for, has been donating a dollar for like five months or whatever. Like, yeah. do, like every time, like anniversary, quote unquote, um, if you donate $5, we mention your name on the podcast every single week because $5 is a lot, you know, like, like we want to like, we want to recognize everyone that donates. Yeah. And then if you donate $10, you get recognized every week. And then you get to uh, choose a case yeah. for one of us to read. Um, either choose a case or choose a theme, whichever one. Like, you don't have to research, like, the whole thing. Like, obviously, we'll research. But if you know something really cool or maybe it happened in your town or something like that, like, you, you can uh, send it to us. That way, you know, you, you can choose your own little thing. Yeah, you can be a part of be part of our podcast with us. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what you guys think about that. Please, please, please tell us what you think of that. Because we, we don't know how to improve if you guys don't uh, give us any feedback. Yeah. yeah. Tell, tell us what you think. Or leave us tell a... Tell us what you, what you think sucks. We also never mentioned this. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Yes. Yes. We doesn't even have to be good. Like, just be no. honest. Yeah, just tell us what you think so we can improve and we can learn. And yeah. we can get better. 
If you tell us the visual sucks, then that makes sense. Yeah. Because we don't have a visual. So it would suck. Yeah, so that would be yeah. right. So you'd be correct. I would love it if they left a, a review that said, uh, like, like, podcast sounds great, but, like, I can't, I can never get the video to work. You can never get the video to work. For some reason, the, the audio sounds awesome, props to y'all, but for some reason, like, the video just won't load. It just won't load. I can't get it. Yeah, it's super annoying. Yeah, I, someone, someone do that. My sister, if you're listening to this, do it. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the end of this episode. Oh, hell yeah. So, thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. And we'll see you the next time we can sleep. Bye. That one got better. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty rough last time. And then I remembered what it was. Yeah. <laughs>